You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm your host, Kate Pierce-Nims, NYSAC's Multimedia Specialist. Joining us for the conversation today is Cheryl Moore, Medical Care Administrator and Director of the Erie County Department of Health's Opioid Program. Thank you for taking the time to join us to have this timely conversation to talk about Erie County's efforts to address the opioid epidemic and also your work on the Opioid Fund Advisory Board. To start us off, could you share a little bit about yourself, your role within the county, and Erie County's response to the opioid crisis? So, my name is Cheryl Moore. I'm with the Erie County Department of Health. Uh, my role at the county is I'm the director of the Erie County Opiate Task Force. I've been working in this field for probably close to 30 years, um, working in the world of public health. Harm reduction really is the focus of our work. In Erie County, um, we've really been working for quite a while now on the opioid crisis. We've been working to decrease deaths, to increase Narcan distribution, link people to treatment. But now we really have the understanding that we really need to keep people as healthy as possible till they're on their journey of recovery. So focusing on harm reduction in the future um, and really formalizing our department to the Office of Harm Reduction has been one of our big focuses now. Getting community folks to understand that this is not a fly-by-night way of treating disease. This is a way to be respectful, to treat people with dignity, to work with them on their terms, to get them along their journey of recovery. So we've really been working here at the county to expand what is available, to redeploy assets that are out in the community already and to work with our partners in the community to assist them to expand their servicing also. Great, I love the line that you just said about working with dignity. Um, You can only work with the program so much as the people the program is intended for cooperate and are interested in participating. So can you also share with our listeners the status of the epidemic within your county? Absolutely. Um, in Erie County, we're pretty good at tracking things and our numbers are not very good today. Um, as of today, I just actually looked at the ME's records. We have 101 confirmed deaths for this year and we have 105 that are still pending, meaning we're awaiting the results of the toxicology screens. Um, they probably will not all be opioid, you know, attributed to opioids, but the majority of them will. Our ME's office is very good at identifying these deaths. Um, initially, we didn't know, you know, a lot of the things we were looking for. Today, we know. We know what we're looking for. We're looking for fentanyl analogs. We know they change and they modify. So if there's something that doesn't seem right, they may look for something new. Um, we're very lucky in Erie County because we have a great toxicology unit, you know, and a great ME that is, you know, assisting us with this. The more that we can know um, real time assists us with outreach in the community. If we're dealing with data from two years ago, it's a different client completely different client. Um, And we may be doing the wrong types of activities, the wrong types of linkage to care, offering the wrong treatments. Right, and fentanyl contributing to deaths is something that has become more prevalent recently. So it's super important to have up-to-date data. Right. Uh, fentanyl is a game changer in this epidemic, and the fentanyls we are discussing today are not the legal fentanyl. Fentanyl is a legal drug. It is used to treat medical conditions. Um, there's a duragesic patch, long-term pain patch, you know, changed every three days. There is real pain. People have to understand this. We just had a problem with overprescribing. So on that note, um, you know, we are changing, and what we are talking about fentanyls today is not those. What we are talking about are analogs. They are being created in clandestine labs. Um, We know in China, we know in other areas of the world, they're being shipped to Mexico. They are cutting traditional opioids with it, or they're coming directly here 
There is no middleman anymore. We've learned one of the biggest drug dealers today is our U.S. mail. People are pretty savvy. They go online. They go on the dark web. They order things, and it comes in their mailbox. Um, like we like to uh, tell people, there's no FDA out there on the dark web. Nobody's monitoring. We don't know what these products are. So it may sound like a good deal to get, you know, your Xanax script on the dark web. But today we do know that those are all adulterated with fentanyl, completely different drug. So we've had to learn and we ask our community, you know, what's happening. That's how we learn. We go out and we just ask directly, what is going on today? Um, what are you seeing out there? And then we respond that way. Right. Because being well informed and getting feedback from the community only helps to build up these programs and to really tackle the issue and to meet your residents where they are. Correct, correct. Um, today, our deaths are being caused by different drugs, different combinations of drugs. So we are really looking at a different population. Uh, about 42% of our deaths last year, and we're pretty close to that number this year, are a combination of fentanyl and cocaine. Completely different person. This is not your traditional opioid prescription user. Cocaine is a very social drug. We know this. Um, it may not be an everyday drug user. It may be a one-time use. And we are losing people at huge rates. Cocaine is a stimulant. People are not anticipating an opioid at the strength of fentanyl, and they die. And so you've really got to leverage your resources to prevent this kind of situation. And I also just wanted to touch base uh, that County Executive Poland Cars recently issued a plan uh, to use some of the funds coming to Erie County. Can you tell uh, our listeners today about what that plan looks like and what that'll mean to combat the epidemic in Erie County? Sure. We are so excited about this um, in Erie County. I'll tell you right now, we were one of the original counties that filed a class action lawsuit um, many, many years ago because our task force has been in place for many years. Um, from this plan and the dollars that will be coming in through 2038, maybe longer, we are putting together a long-term plan of response in the community. We are able to maintain staff here that we had hired under grant funding. We had applied for many grants to be able to address the epidemic. We didn't have the resources locally. So we reached out to every place we could find that had funding available. But as we know, a short-term program doesn't really do any good. So we have to sustain, and that's what this is about. So we've been able to keep our programs as the grants have ended. We're able to keep the staffing on board. We've been able to enhance support. Um, we're going to be hiring a family coordinator, I'm really excited to say. Uh, families are the heart of this epidemic, and we have to understand that. Um, whether it's a mom, dad, child, grandparent, it's a family unit. And this is what's being destroyed hugely. So having someone that can lead that can help them coordinate all of their efforts of advocacy of change is huge, huge, huge. We're so excited. Additionally, um, our treatment providers will be getting an increase in funding because they are having a very hard time maintaining staff. Very underfunded, um, underpaid. So increasing um, our treatment providers that are funded through OASS through our Department of Mental Health, they are getting a bump up for staff specifically salaries um, to really hold and sustaining staffing. This is a huge problem in this in this area. Um, getting people to work in the area, it's very underpaid. It's also very heartbreaking. It's very hard on you. So having staff um, that can still continue to work in the field that are not burned out is very, very hard on you when you lose clients every single day. So understanding that, we've had to change there. 
Additionally, and this is the most exciting part to me, I think, um, we do have some contracts with some people in the community because we know there's gaps. We need housing for people. We need places when people are coming out of jail. We need, you know, we know that there's gaps. We need all pregnant moms. They need help very badly. And we know this. So we have a great program, Positive Directions, evidence-based programming run by Dr. Davina Moss-King, follows up with families for a couple of years. Throughout their pregnancy, uh, moms learn to advocate for themselves, take care of their families, their babies. And we were able to fund all these things that we kind of spot funded through grants, which are now sustainable. So really exciting. Um, and to me, like I said, the most exciting, we are going to be putting out an RFA for $6 million worth of funding, grant funding for our community to apply for. Um, they will be able to apply for funding up to a half million dollars over a two-year time frame. And really, it will be evidence-based programming. Settlement dollars have been awarded with parameters on what they can be spent on. That document is available on our website. Um, we will put that out there also. We will share with people so that they are proposing evidence-based programming. Um, the applications will be reviewed by the leadership of the task force, which is, it's not county, it's everybody. We have doctors, we have police, we have, you know, you name it, community members, we have the U.S. Attorney's Office, all these folks are involved. So this team will review the applications, score them appropriately, um, bring them to the county executive's attention for his input in their office, as well as the legislature for their approval, and then the awards will be made. Uh, I think we're going to see some huge changes in the community with this because our community partners are really innovative. They're pretty creative, um, but they need the resources to be able to do these things. Yeah, that you need to create innovative programs. You need innovative solutions and a sustainable funding stream, which you've really touched on a lot about how the sustainable funding will make a huge impact. It's one thing to fund something once and then try to keep it going. But with this right. consistent funding stream, that will make a huge, huge difference. Right. Another piece of our program is a large media campaign. We have piecemealed that together also over time. When we have a little extra dollars, we'll do a billboard campaign. Maybe we'll do a social media. This is this will be a consolidated. We're going to be investing, um, and RFA will be going out. We're going to be investing a million dollars over two years. Um, to do a comprehensive media campaign with gated social media, with billboards, with radio, with TV, with pay, whatever the need may be. Um, we're being very careful with this because we really want to make sure that the most media possible is placed, that this is not an administrative function. This is about getting the information out there. So, you know, all these pieces are critical. You have to have all the pieces. You can't have a standalone. And I think that's something that we've learned in Erie County, and we have a great strength in that. We put all the pieces together. A lot of communities have standalone programs. You can't have standalone. You have to have, you have to have treatment. You have to have Narcan. You have to have test strips. You have to have all the pieces in place. You have to have the peers. Another thing we've invested in are peers in recovery. I can't say enough about them. They are the key to recovery here. We have a pretty good team here at the, um, the health department. Our probation department has a team of peers, which is unique in the country, I guess. Um, but they've been really successful in probation since the implementation of peers that are working on their opioid unit. We've only had one death. They were seeing like a death a month. It's gone. So this is a leakage. Yeah, this is huge, huge. They've also become much more open to things such as medication assisted treatment, which they were completely anti, but working with people collaboratively and having a colleague who's like, I take meds every day. And they have no idea, you know, so it's very interesting. So we've invested in more peers. Um, probation sees the value in them. We're going to double their staffing. They're going to have four peers there. 
here at the health department, we currently have five peers. We're going to add one to it. So we have three teams of two. Um, currently, our peers here have caseloads of about 90. It's huge. I would like to see them down to about 30 to be effective. So right. this, this need, caseload. oh yeah, this need, and, and we follow people for 90 days for three months. Um, but this shows the need in the community. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's a data-driven decision. This is not mm -hmm. just... Completely uh, data. Completely yeah. data. We track everything. Um, we have a case management system that we document everything in. So everything is available. It's available real time. Um, when we took a look at the scope of work that our peers were doing, we were like, holy macaroni. They really need some more help uh, because they really are the key here, I think. Lived recovery, um, they are able to speak to this epidemic that we are not able to. We have peers in different areas of recovery. Some have been in recovery for 30 years. Some are fresh, you're out. Um, some are on medication, some are not. Some are different drugs. And this is really speaking to the community so that we have people reflective of the community, race, ethnicity, drugs, whatever it may be. Right, and that breadth of experience really helps to connect with all aspects of the community. And it really sounds like you're doing a great job of getting the word out for, to, for them to have that large of a caseload. Um, because it's one thing to have a really impactful program like this, but it's another thing to make sure that the community is aware of it. And right. so making sure that if there's someone whose family member is struggling, they can say, oh, I've seen or I've heard about this resource in the community. Um, and just hearing that, like what of a positive impact it's had, right? Um, we've been very, we've been very lucky here. Um, we have a good relationship. I don't know if you're aware, in Erie County, we trained all the police and fire. We provide all their Narcan. Um, in return, they report to us. We also work with our Hyde officer here, our high intensity drug trafficking officer. Um, if you've heard of the term OD map, we were one of the initial implementers of it here in Erie County. We kind of piloted it. From that, we've developed just a direct relationship with our law enforcement. Um, every police report for an overdose is sent to us weekly, so we know. Uh, police do not have HIPAA, just to let people know. Oh. Police reports are public knowledge. Um, anybody can get them. You can FOIL, anybody can. So on that note, it was a way for us to communicate. Um, we know in the medical world, there's like all these lines in the sand. Even though we're public health and we do have surveillance rights, people still don't get that, you know? So on the other end of the world, um, you know, we've continued to look at different ways to get this information. Um, for police and fire, because we do do all their training, provide their Narcan, we've implemented programs like Leave Behind Narcan. If you go to a scene, we don't ask them to talk to people because we've learned that's not probably the best time to interact with people, but to just leave a package behind, leave Narcan behind for the family, leave test strips, leave phone numbers. Um, majority of our departments are very good at that because they are willing to um, open that door literally. Um, our peers do call people, cold call them. They have no problem. They get a police report. They call them and follow up on them. We do have a lot of people that give out like, you know, McDonald's phone number. That doesn't help. So they're pretty tenacious. They will follow folks down. They will go to their home. They'll reach out to them. I think it's being non-threatening. As I said before, it's being respectful. It's been there, done that. Being able to walk that journey with them, hold their hand, not judge them. Our focus in the county has changed to harm reduction hugely. We've always practiced the harm reduction philosophy, but with the changing in drugs and the changing in what we're seeing in disease in the community, we're seeing a lot of infections. We're seeing a lot of abscesses with people injecting drugs that 
I, they're very naive, I think. They just don't know how. Um, we're seeing a lot of different things. We're seeing cardiac infections from this. So we're really working on keeping people as healthy as possible, whether it's by providing hep C testing, HIV testing, clean syringes under ESAP, um, whatever it is that we need to do to keep them as healthy as you and I can be while, until they're ready to start their journey of recovery. Right. And if you if you lead with shame and if you lead with these kind of heavy, like, outcast kind of mentality, you're not going to connect with people and they're not going to seek out services. So it, harm reduction really is the best way to connect people with the resources that they need. And I'm so excited to talk about this more. We are going to take a quick break just to hear a brief message from a sponsor of ours at NYSEC, but we will be right back to the conversation. Aetna's Public Sector New York Division is dedicated to serving the communities of New York's counties by partnering with local governments to provide support and resources that meet the needs of the community. Aetna, in partnership with CVS Health, administer health and prescription insurance plans as well as Medicare Advantage programs that couple a local focus with national access to hospitals and physicians for employees, families, and retirees. For more information, contact Aetna Senior Sales Executive Thomas Allen at 860-539-1372. That's 860-539-1372 or visit Aetna.com. So shifting from a bit of a community base in Erie County to more of a statewide perspective, can you talk about your involvement with the Opioid Fund Advisory Board? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, so New York State has an Opioid Fund Advisory Board, and I've been appointed by the county executive to NISAC, to the governor, to sit on the board. Um, we've been meeting for a while now, actually not that long. Um, we've had four formalized meetings where we've all gone to Albany to meet. Currently, what we're doing now is reviewing the data that is available. Um, Office of Budget did a presentation last week so that we can understand what was put into the budget this year. There's a whole lot of information around this subject that needs to be shared with the board member. It is 21 people that are very diverse backgrounds. We have commissioners from the state level who are at the position level. We have county health commissioners and directors. We have people in lived recovery. We have family members who have lost people. The emotions are very high on this board um, because this, this subject is near and dear to many people's hearts. So working through getting to know each other, number one, to be able to make effective decisioning is where we are now. We are going through all the data. OASAS is still going to be making a presentation on treatment that has been you know, unique identifiers that are out there. We've had a presentation, as I said, from the Office of Budget, as well as the Health Department on where they are working on this epidemic. OASAS currently is gonna be providing the treatment data. From that, we should have a much better picture of what's happening in the community statewide to be able to look at allocation of funding. Um, there were some things that were put into the state budget and they were put in our understanding today is as placeholders. They are not rock solid. Um, this has brought a lot of emotion up with people saying this money was spent and it wasn't supposed to be. Um, our understanding is not one cent has been spent. 
Um, this is what has been brought back to us by Office of Budget. Um, working in government, they had to have placeholders in in order to be able to spend the money, you know, during the year. So, you know, understanding that and getting everybody on the same page. We do need to create a report by November of this year for recommendations of allocations of funding. We have another meeting coming up at the end of August. Um, we will be getting back together then. I'm hoping OASAS will present then so that we can get the, the final piece of the picture in. Um, I think we do know that there are very important evidence-based program that needs to occur and it is not equal across the state as to what's occurring. It really isn't, you know, and part of it is just surely um, what's available there currently. When we go in our North country in the Adirondacks, it's very rural areas. There's one hospital that services multiple counties. I mean, it just is the infrastructure of the community. So working on that here in Erie County, we're very lucky. We have a lot of servicing, but we also service people from our surrounding seven counties. So, and that's how people have to realize, you know, you have the larger county that has a lot of medical servicing, maybe mental health servicing, but people come from all over to access them. So looking at that. Um, so it's not just meeting the needs of, say, you know, the residents of your county, you're serving in a regional wide approach. And also the needs of the region of, you know, Western New York and Erie County and surrounding area compared to the Adirondacks, compared to, you know, the Hudson Valley compared, there's, there are overlapping concerns with the epidemic, but there's also trying to meet needs locally, right? Because your trusted source typically is your local community member, and then your state, so, and also just the state of the epidemic in New York State is not even the same as it is in any state across the country, so, like, there are similar concerns, but the strategies to address the epidemic are really localized and really personal. And so I can understand the the struggle that the board has coming from such a diverse background of experiences. And I think that you're gonna, we're gonna do great work. The appointments are for three years. Um, so this is a learning curve right now. You know, we have to get to know each other. Any board, when you form it, you have to get to know each other. When we started the task force in Erie, we didn't all know each other. You know, it took a while. It took a little bit of work to get to know each other, to trust each other, to, you know, so I, I do foresee the same thing there. And like I said, emotions are high. People have lost people. Family members are coming in to express their needs and wants. There's um, complete different understandings of how this money is supposed to be allocated. And that's just part of people losing people. So, I mean, long-term, like I said, in Erie County, we have a plan long-term. I think New York State, the same thing will occur. And if they can align with each other, we can make great changes. Great. So as we're coming to the end of our conversation, could you share some of your biggest concerns looking to the future or any uh, opportunities that you are particularly hopeful about going forward? Sure. Um, one of the biggest things that we're dealing with here right now is the stigma of this epidemic. Um, Stigma for the person, stigma for the drug, stigma across the board, language. Um, we are very judgmental. Um, medical providers are very judgmental, working on yeah, changing the judgment. Uh, we hear the horror stories every day from clients. Um, and we will go out and we'll do education and we'll do outreach. I understand the burnout and the frustration of the medical providers also. They've been dealing with things that they never anticipated over the past three years. So, you know, we were in the middle of a pandemic. We talk about that all the time, but we forgot about this epidemic that never went away. It continued to escalate throughout COVID. Um, the numbers escalated because of the isolation, self-medication of people, um, 
And like I said here, what we're seeing is stimulant change. I think we need to be on top of this and reach out to our population as quickly as possible without alienating them. You know, reaching out to people, meeting them where they were at, not, not really putting them in a corner. This is not your traditional drug user in many times that we're dealing with today. So I think our messaging has to be thoughtful, respectful, and open. And that's something that's definitely shifting more recently is this understanding of meeting the epidemic, even just from within the past couple of years. I think there's some understanding even that came from the time of COVID where people were experiencing, um, you know, burnout and mental health issues at a rate that is definitely increased from the you know, recent years. And so this understanding of where people are coming from and understanding of what it's going to take to meet the need and that it's it's shifting but it's not done yet the work isn't done yet so there's so much work left to be done as you know <laughs> and it changes so. every day to be honest with you and i think that's one of the things that we have a we're very good at in erie county and i'm hoping other people we will change on a dime you cannot get stuck in a rut here if it's not working change it we tend to get stuck in things and we need to this epidemic is changing so rapidly we need to change our response that rapidly Right, and that's the perk of being so da data-driven and so plugged into your community with your local partnerships and with your peer-to-peer -peer mentors and that sort of relationship. Having that knowledge just equips you to make better decisions. Right, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, and that's really reach out to, to anybody, I would say, reach out to your community and ask. People will tell you. If you ask the question and take the time to listen, don't talk over them. Listen to what they have to say. They'll tell you. They'll probably tell you more than you ever wanted to know. Mm. But you don't know anything if you don't ask. Exactly. Exactly. But reach out and ask. You know, that is the best thing that you can do. And ask them directly. People will tell you. Yeah. We tend to forget that. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's a little bit overlooked is that we feel like we need to, you know, we understand the value of feedback, but do we always seek it out in an effective way also. So I also wanted to just touch base on that. Um, there's NYSAC's upcoming conference in Erie County in Buffalo. And I just wanted to thank you in advance for participating um, as serving on one of our workshops as a panelist to discuss the efforts underway in Erie County. So I know that this episode of the podcast has been a bit of a preview for the discussion, but can you give us a bit more about what you plan on discussing during this panel presentation? Absolutely. Um, as I said, we've transitioned formally to the Office of Harm Reduction here, so I do plan on talking more about our harm reduction and outreach efforts. Um, we're really working on making sure that everybody has Narcan in their home, um, that they are aware, simply first aid, um, that they are aware that the drugs out there are all adulterated with it, particularly things like the cocaine and crack, these stimulants. Um, we're actually, there's a billboard campaign going out Monday, so it'll probably be out when you're out there about that, um, to really get the message out to people so that we are addressing the right people. Additionally, we're looking at working with our paramedics and our EMTs, to, so how they are interacting with people. We're seeing a much higher rate of deaths and overdoses in our older population. And I recently learned something from a paramedic. Um, they are taught this. You know, if we're looking at an older male, it's probably cardiac. It's not. 
today, once they die and we autopsy, we found out it's an overdose. So working with the school that is trained paramedics, you know, we'll talk about that also with our EMS to get the good data out to them so they understand what they're looking at. These are all just little pieces of the picture that we bring together. Um, we have other programs that are out there, such as text for Narcan, Narcan wall units, a restaurant program. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll actually be rolling out a freestanding Narcan unit right when that conference is. So we'll have a new program rolling out, which are, um, if you're familiar with those, I call them blow mold plastic, like where you get the free apartment things out of them and stuff. Oh yeah, like the free um, traders and that kind of and they're going to be Narcan in those here. They're going to be purple and they're going to be all over the community. So we're going to be rolling out a new program. Um, and it's really just about breaking down barriers and stigma. So everybody has the tools that they need and the ability to ask for help. And that's just so important, putting Narcan directly into the community, because if that's something that you would need to reach out to authorities or officials, even within the health department or EMS, that there's still some stigma about yeah. reaching out to, you know, first responders and law enforcement so keeping it locked away and just like oh well you need to talk to us before you can have this resource um it, that's a barrier that we want to get out of the way so that sounds like a really great program i'm interested to hear more about that so um for our listeners definitely i would encourage you to attend the workshop Absolutely. Um, we and I wall units um they're all over the community um they're much like an aed unit um they're not locked there's about two thousand of them out there now and what we want people to do is take Narcan. Have you and heard any do. feedback about? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We uh, knock on wood. And here's the perfect example. We have not had an overdose in our social services unit since we put those up. Wow. Huge. Giant. So really seeing the impact already. Giant. You know, but people do take them and um, we provide them with an Narcan to refill them. You know, it's all, we want people to take them. It's another way. There's other information in there. We have a text for Narcan program that people can text us. Um, we will put a box of Narcan, test strips if they'd like them, the fentanyl test strips about so people can identify what they have. Um, and all kinds of information, pure connection to care. It's not about Narcan with that. It's about connection to care. So it's all in a box. It goes out of our office within 24 hours. We are just at the mercy of the US mail as to when it shows up in your mailbox. No questions asked. Uh, it really just, it's about getting it out there. Messaging today and the billboard campaign that is going out is use one at a time. Make sure you have Narcan, be with a partner. Great. And I'm super interested in hearing more about this at our fall seminar. Um, and again, for our listeners, we've been joined today by Cheryl Moore, Medical Care Administrator and Director of the Erie County Department of Health Opioid Program. Thank you so very much for taking the time to have this conversation today to share your expertise and to talk about the state of the opioid epidemic and to have really great advice for our peers in county government. Thank you so much for having me on here and anything I can do to help, please reach out anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSAC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government focused conversations and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.